Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Good morning, City Walk Church. Hope you had an awesome week. Today we're going to start a conversation. It's going to be a four-week conversation, and we're going to talk about some of the things that you're never supposed to talk about in church. We're going to talk about some topics over the next four weeks that are honestly a little bit controversial, but they're very important issues for our day. Uh, Some of the things we're going to discuss, the church hasn't always done a really good job with. And in fact, some of the topics that we're going to discuss, the, the church has kind of botched up a little bit and hasn't represented Jesus really well in. And so as we enter this conversation, I know that we're going to enter this conversation and and there's different people that have different opinions and different experiences. And our goal as we go through this series over the next four weeks isn't to change anyone's opinion. But what it is, it's very clear our goal is that we want to understand the heart of God on these issues so that we can reflect the heart of God. Because here's what I know. My response reflects my relationship with God. My response to all the issues of the day, to the controversy, to all the different things that that is in the news, my response, it reflects my relationship with God. And whether you're a follower of Christ or not, I think we would all admit that there's sometimes that our response reflects anything but the heart of God. All you have to do is look at social media. Just just look at social media and as you walk through different posts, whether on Instagram or Twitter or on Facebook, you're going to see a lot of anger. You're going to see pride. You're going to see selfishness. You're going to see fear. You're going to see worry. You're going to see a lot of different things. And I get it. Man, things are crazy. I mean, we've got this COVID-19 thing going on. And race relations are so tense right now because of many, many different events that have gone on in the last year, but but recently, even in the last few days. And so I understand. I understand, man, there's a lot that's going on and it brings with it a lot of responses. But no matter how many angry posts we put up or share on social media, here's what I know. I can't control what happens around me in the world, but here's what I can control. My response to what happens around me. Man, if I could control everything around me just like you, man, if if you could control everything, man, we would. We would change things immediately. But we can't control all the things that are going on locally, nationally, and even in our world. We can't control those things, but we can control our response. And my response reflects my relationship with God. A man who understood this very well was a man by the name of David. David was a guy that in his life, if he were to live today and we were to compare our life today with his life back when he was alive, 
Man, some of our toughest days just don't even compare to some of the things that he went through and some of the things he went through on a regular basis. If you were to meet young King David and and even before he became king, uh, you would know that he faced the brunt of rejection and jealousy from the most powerful man in the nation. He had to run for his life from the king. Very few days did he go to bed where somebody wasn't seeking to kill him or take his position. And and then David, he didn't help himself out in, in a lot of cases. In fact, people close to him were hurt severely. And sometimes it was because of monumental selfish decisions that David made himself. Many times in David's life, it felt like the good guys were losing and the bad guys We're prospering. But in the midst of a life that saw incredible victories and at times devastating personal and national defeats, David is a man that had a passion for God. In fact, God calls him his friend. God says he's a man after his own heart. And it was towards the end of David's life as he was getting kind of close to the end of his life, that David penned what we know as Psalms 37. And David wrote a lot. In fact, we have the Psalms and most of those were written by David. But one of the things that David wrote that I feel like, man, is so relevant to us today, thousands of years after he wrote it, is Psalms chapter 37. Because it speaks directly to our response to evil and our response to things out of our control. If you have your Bible, whether you're using the app or maybe you're, you'll just read it right here from the screen, I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 37 and let's look at the very first two verses that David wrote towards the end of his life. It says this in Psalms 37, it says, do not fret, or we don't really use the word fret a lot, do not worry, do not be anxious. Because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And so David, he starts this time of writing towards the end of his life. And in his very first phrase, he says, do not worry. Do not fret. Do not be anxious. And it was so important to David that if you continue to look down this chapter of the Bible, he he says this two more times. Just in in verse 7 and I believe verse 8, he says it again. He says, hey, don't worry, don't fret, don't be anxious. And what David does next is he speaks to the heart of some of the things that cause us worry. He says this, he says, do not worry because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. David understood very clearly that one of the kind of roots of our worry and our anxiousness is people. And so David says, he says, don't worry, don't fret, don't be anxious about people. And David doesn't pull any punches. I mean, he he makes clear that, man, there are evil, bad people doing bad things. He doesn't pretend. And he understands that, man, there's people that you know that, man, are doing things and making choices that that you don't like and that you know aren't good for them. And that causes you to worry. You probably have some people like that in your life. 
that they're making decisions in their life and you love them dearly. They're people that you know. And and as you think about them and the decisions they're making, it causes you to worry or be anxious. But then there's a lot of people that we don't know. There's people that we see on the news. There's stories we hear different things that are going on in our society. And we, we don't know these people, but we see the decisions they're making. We see the evil they're doing. We see it on TV. We hear it in the news. And man, if we're, we're not careful, it causes us to grow anxious. It causes us to worry. And David says, hey, do not fret. Do not worry because of people. He talks about people. But then he also talks about perspective. He talks about perspective. And here's what he does. He encourages us, he encourages us to take the long view at evil and understand that evil is seasonal. And in fact, he compares it to plants. Just a few years ago, my family and I, we moved to Lafayette, Indiana, and we had about a two-year stint. Most of our life and most of Lori and I, my, our married life has been in Florida, but there was a two-year stint that we went up and we lived in Lafayette, Indiana. And when you grow up in Florida, to you, the seasons aren't that important. I never really understood why people got so excited about fall and spring because in Florida, the weather's pretty good all of the time. And so you really don't celebrate the seasons. But man, when I got to Lafayette, Indiana, I understood really clearly why people celebrated the seasons. Because there were months of the year that people hid out in their house because it was so cold. And then about April, people started coming out of their house and they were smiling and excited because spring was coming. And one of the things that a lot of people would do uh, in, in Lafayette is about April, May, when spring was starting to, to happen, man, a lot of them would plant a garden. And we did that, man. We weren't big gardeners before then, but we planted a garden. And, man, we planted some tomatoes and some different stuff. And, man, tomatoes, they're like rabbits. They just had babies and more babies. We had tomatoes everywhere. But what's really interesting about those beautiful gardens and the tomato plants and all the different things that people plant during the spring is about four or five months later, you know what happens? It gets cold again. It gets really cold in Lafayette, Indiana. And all of those plants, all of those beautiful gardens, they go away. They're seasonal. And what David is saying, he says, I don't want you to fret or grow worried about this because this evil that's going on, this evil, these evil people that are doing evil things, man, this is seasonal. And one day it's not going to be around. It's going to be like a plant that's here for a little time and then it withers away. You understand this. Think about you in high school. In high school, if you're a little bit older, there were some people in your life that, man, their opinion of you was like the Bible. I mean, you, you really wanted them to like you and their opinion of you was really important to you. But now about 20 years later, you can barely remember what they look like. But to you back then, man, they were huge. Their opinion was huge. But, but you, you know because now you have perspective that, man, this stuff is all seasonal. It was important for a moment, but, man, then it was gone. And that's what David says. He says, don't fret. Don't worry. Yeah, there's evil people, people you know, people you don't know. There's a lot of bad things that are happening. But like the grass, they will soon wither. There's coming a day when evil will be gone. 
which gives us hope. You say, Chris, it's easy to say don't worry, but honestly, do you watch the news? Like, do you, did you see what just happened in Minneapolis? Have you been watching all this stuff about COVID? Have you seen all this different stuff around our world and all the things that are happening, Chris? I, I get it. We're not supposed to worry, but really? And maybe you're, you're pushing back a little bit saying, yeah, okay, I get it, David. I, I get your point. But David, have you seen some of the leaders we have in government and some of the decisions they've made? You, you might be thinking, man, I feel like I'm on an episode of Punked and I'm waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come out and say this whole thing was a hoax. And, and for you, you say, yeah, I get it. We're not supposed to worry, but do you realize what's going on? And here's what's great. David, he doesn't just say, hey, stop worrying and stop fretting. But what he does in the next few verses is he tells us how to do that. In the midst of the evil, in the midst of the things that worry us, David doesn't leave us hanging, but he teaches us how to respond. Look at verse 3. David says this in verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. The, the initial observation as you read this passage and as you, you, you see how David has gone from saying, hey, don't fret, don't worry, to now he, he's moving and he's transitioning from what was unsure and he's transitioning and he's wanting us to focus on what is sure. He's wanting us to focus on God because here's what we know. Focusing on the unsure leads to instability and worry every time. When we focus on things that aren't sure, it leads to instability and it leads to worry. But when we focus on the sure, it leads to freedom and it leads to rest. And so David, he turns our attention away from the worry and the evil and he points us to God. He says, instead of responding with worry, he says this, I want you to trust in the Lord and do good. This, this idea of trusting in the Lord, it's literally relying, having confidence in the Lord. It's leaning on the Lord for your security. And then he says, I want you to trust in the Lord. I want you to lean on him. I want you to go to him with confidence and I want you to do good. See, in the presence of evil and uncertain times, because of where our trust rests, we can put our focus on doing good. And, and you know this, the greatest opponent to evil is good. And, and it's when we put our trust on something that is sure that we can focus our life on instead of worrying on doing what is good for our family and our society. Right here, even as we're, we're taping this, we've got this table right here. And, you, and, and I use this table. This is the same table that we use uh, for church when we have it in, at the school and, and when we've been taping. We have this table that it just makes it easy to set the Bible and the notes on. But here's what, here's what I haven't worried about this whole time. Is when I got up here to, to teach, I have not worried one second about if this table is going to hold up. 
Because honestly, if I, if I was worried, I have my iPad here and a Bible. If I was worried if this table was going to hold up, here's what I wouldn't be focusing on. I wouldn't be focusing on teaching and really what I'm supposed to be doing. If I was worried about this thing holding up my iPad and Bible, man, I'd spend more time right here and I would, I would really be distracted. But because I'm not worried at all, I totally trust this table, I'm able to lean into what I'm called to do in this moment. And David says, I want you to trust in the Lord, and when you do that, then you can do good. He says, instead of worrying, trust in the Lord and do good. But then he says this, instead of worrying, here's how I want you to respond. I want you to take delight in the Lord. You see that in verse 4. This word delight, it, it, it simply means this. Seek your happiness in God, in his being, in his friendship, in his love. Seek your happiness and your joy and your delight in God. I wrote this in my notes. When we seek happiness elsewhere, we will be let down and at times devastated. When we seek our happiness, and, and you and I, man, we could probably, if we were all in the same room, we could go around the room and we could talk about times in our life that we have sought happiness in other places. And, and when we sought happiness in other places, it didn't go well. And at times, they, we made monumental decisions. And here's, what I'm, I, I know how, here's how I know this plays out. For some people in our society... Because of where they seek their happiness and fulfillment on November 4th, the day after the election, when their candidate doesn't get voted in, their world's going to be rocked. Their, 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 their world's going to be turned upside down because, man, their candidate, whether they're a Democrat, a Republican, or an independent, man, because their candidate didn't get voted in, it's going to turn their world upside down. And you'll see them on social media. They'll be posting everything. Because you know why? Because their delight is not in the Lord. Their happiness, their fulfillment is not in the Lord. They've put their happiness and fulfillment in something other than the Lord. And that always lets us down. See, as we delight in the Lord, here's what happens. He transforms our desires. And our desires become his desires. And if you read through the Gospels, whether you're a person who's a follower of Jesus or maybe you're investigating faith, as you read through the Gospels, it is very clear what Jesus' mission and desire was. He says it. He says, I come to seek and to save the lost. And as I delight in the Lord, my chief concerns and responses mirror Christ. As I delight in the Lord, the things that I'm most concerned about become the things that were most concerning to him. See, instead of worrying, David says, I want you to trust in the Lord and do good. But then he says, I want you to take delight in the Lord. Because when you take delight in the Lord, it doesn't mean that all the bad things stop happening. But what it does mean is you go into those situations with the heart and passion that Jesus had. And sometimes I think we miss that totally and we delight in other things. And so when, when things in our society happen, it rocks our world and we stop thinking missional. We start thinking about ourselves. 
Instead of worrying, the last thing David says here, he says this in verse five. And I love this passage. It says this. He says, commit your way to the Lord. This this word committed, it literally means to roll your care, your worry, roll what's on your heart. Instead of carrying it yourself, roll it onto the shoulders of the Lord. Cast yourself and your concerns on him without reserve. See, I'm not meant to carry things that weigh me down. Some of us in the midst of all the craziness in this world, we are carrying things that are weighing our hearts and our minds down that we were never meant to carry. Just like David was. He had people that hated him and evil that was taking place all around him. And so he says, man, as he goes to bed at night and he has this concern and you can hear it as you read through the Psalms. He says, commit your way to the Lord. Take those worries, take those concerns and give them to God. Down here I have my backpack. And usually sometimes when I travel, when we do like a family trip. All of us have our backpacks, and, and if you know my family, I have two teenagers, and then we have a six-year-old named Kate. And one of the things that we do when we're traveling is we, man, because we know we're going to be walking through airports, and it's kind of a long day for a kindergartner, man, we try to make sure that Kate doesn't have a lot to carry because it really weighs her down when she has to carry through the DFW airport like a mile she has to carry this big backpack but once in a while she'll because she's a pack rat she wants to take every stuffed animal and every toy to Nana's house with her man her backpack is so full and and she starts to carry it through the airport and you can literally see this little girl just weighed down and so what I'll do is I'll say hey Kate you know what let me carry your backpack for you Man, man, let me carry you. You just walk and you, you hold my hand. And I'll carry your backpack for you because, Kate, you weren't meant to carry that much weight. And when you carry that much weight, man, it's exhausting to you and it slows you down. And, and you know what? That's exactly what David's saying. In the midst of evil, in the midst of racism, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of you fill in the blank with all the craziness around us, all the things that cause worry and anxiousness in our hearts and minds. David's saying, you weren't meant to carry that. And so instead of worrying, your response should be to commit those to the Lord. Take your concerns and your worry and put it on him because you weren't meant to carry it. And he's very capable of carrying it. And then I love what the end of verse 5 says. As David closes his section, he says this. He will do this. Not you, not I, but he, God, is the one that's going to do it. See, we live in a fallen world. Duh. There's tremendous hurt. There's corruption. There's evil. And, and, and we can't control it. If we could, we would. If we could stop it tomorrow, we would. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk more about some of these evils in our world, some of these specific issues that our world is facing. But before we talk about these issues that we can't control, we need to talk about what we can control, and that is our response to what's going on. Because my response reflects my relationship with God. 
Maybe you'll remember this, but on June 17th, 2015, a young man by the name of Dylan walked into a historically black Emmanuel African Methodist church. It was there in South Carolina, and he walked in to attend a prayer meeting, a Bible study. He walked in that night and he sat down with eight or nine other people that were there for a Bible study led by a lady by the name of Myra Thompson. He sat through the prayer time. He sat through the teaching time. Didn't say a whole lot, but he sat there. And at the end of this prayer time, at the end of the Bible study, after people had tried to make him feel welcomed and they were getting ready to, to, to everybody kind of go their own separate ways, Dylan pulls a gun out of his pack and he shoots and kills nine people. One of the people that he killed that day was the lady that was leading the Bible study. Her name, Myra Thompson. And a couple days later, it wasn't long for them. They caught him very quickly. And just about 48 hours later, some of the relatives of the victims were able to interact with Dylan over a live feed at the courthouse. And Myra's husband, his name was Anthony, he went to this live feed to see Dylan. And he went not meaning and really not prepared to talk to Dylan or say anything, even though they were going to give relatives an opportunity to. But as he was there and as he was looking at this guy that had literally taken the most precious possession he had in one of the most evil ways possible, his heart could not not say something to Dylan. And so here's what Anthony said, which is astounding as he stood up to talk to Dylan. It says this, he said this, I forgive you and my family forgives you, but we would like you to take this opportunity to repent, repent, confess, give your life to the one who matters the most, Jesus Christ, so that he can change it and he can change your attitude. And no matter what happens to you, then you will be okay. Do that and you'll be better off than you are right now. I can't imagine what was going through Mr. Thompson's mind, but in his heart, because he was a man who trusted deeply in God, 48 hours after this young man had brutally killed his wife, who was leading a Bible study, he stood up and showed this young man forgiveness. It, 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 it just blows my mind. I don't know that I could do that. But as you think about Mr. Thompson and you think about the evil that he saw and the evil that he faced and his response to it, it could only be because of Jesus. See, it's my response. It reflects my relationship with God. Here's what I know about you and you, you probably know this about me as your pastor. We really like to control things. And when things are out of our control, we tend to worry. And that worry shows itself in selfishness. It shows itself in anger. It shows itself in manipulation. It shows itself in fear. Our worry shows itself in a lot of different ways when things are out of control. And we have two choices that we can make. The first choice is this. We can focus on the unsure and that will lead to instability. 
We can focus on all that's going on around us and and not trust God, and it will continue to lead to more instability. We have pictures of that all over our country. People that are unstable because of what they're looking at and focusing on. Or we can focus on the sure, which leads to freedom and rest. And it doesn't mean that all the evil goes away. It doesn't mean that that nothing bad ever happens. In fact, the evil might get worse. But in the midst of that evil, just like David, if we focus on the shore, if we trust in the Lord, if we delight in the Lord, if we commit our way to the Lord, just like David tried to do, just like he encouraged us to, it will lead to freedom. And rest. That's how David could go to sleep at night, knowing that there were literally at times thousands of people seeking to take his life. But yet he could go to sleep in peace because he was focused on what is sure. So my question for you is this as we close, as we close this first message before we dive in the next few weeks into some of these specific topics, what response will you choose? What response will you focus on the unsure, which will lead to more instability? Or will you focus on the sure, which will lead to freedom and rest in the midst of instability? And it's because of Jesus and it's because of Jesus life, death and resurrection that in the midst of unsure things in the midst of evil we can be victorious in the midst of the darkest day in history Jesus won the day and it it wasn't because nothing bad happened to him it's because Jesus went to the cross and rose from the grave as our example he, he the bad stuff still happened but yet he was victorious and he Because of what he did, we can walk through evil. We can walk through things that are unsure. And when everybody else is angry and when everybody else is hateful, we can show love and show good because of Jesus. But it's a choice. It's a response. And our response reflects our relationship with God. And so City Walk Church, whether you go to our church, maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening to this on a podcast, what will your response be? What will the response of our church be? What will we be known for? Angry Facebook post or loving people that hate us because Jesus did? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the powerful words of David that in the midst of a life where a lot of things went wrong, where there were a lot of enemies that were after him. He, in the midst of all of that, towards the end of his life, after he had seen you be faithful through so many tough times, he reminds us that our response to evil is so important. And Lord, I pray that we would be individuals that trust in what is sure, which will lead to freedom and rest instead of trusting in what is not sure, which will only lead to more instability. May we be known as individuals and as people in our society who trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.